0: Welcome to the Wealth Edit Podcast, a place where talking about finances is only polite. We talk to women and hear the stories behind how they've built their beautiful lives, whether that be inside or outside the home. Join us every week as we talk ambition, determination, and success with some of the most interesting, powerful women in the Southeast and beyond. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Wealth Edit Wednesday I am very excited about our guest today. We have Miriam McDonald and Kim Borhe. Uh, we've been practicing the pronunciation of her last name for a minute, but um, these two women have started this awesome brand um, called Power Women where they're making these blazers that you see that, that they have on that have all the pockets and all the things that we as women need and traditionally do not find in our workwear and um anyway so they have an awesome brand they're doing amazing things but also are um just killing it at life and i have i got to meet them yesterday for a little bit so i'm very excited for them to share their story with our listeners today so um Okay. Miriam and Kim, Lauren and I do this all the time. We do interviews together and we just have to like figure out who goes first, but I'd love for y'all to just take a minute to both introduce yourselves and Mm -hmm. then tell us a little bit about Power Women.
1: So Miriam, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So I'm Miriam McDonald and I live in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Not with Kim, but we both live in Dallas, Texas. I wish. (laughs) Mm-hmm. um did I forget to mention is, their best friends I did yes and I'm the godmother of her daughter mm-hmm. so, so we're like sisters
2: yeah. we really are <laughs>
1: um but uh I'm married I've been married for almost six years and my husband is in law school right now in Oklahoma City um I don't have any kids but I do have a dog 10 year old her name is Kylie and um yeah I work on Power Woman but I also have a full-time job as well So yeah, that's pretty
0: much it about
2: me. Very good. Yeah, Kim, what about you? So I am a daughter, a daughter, okay.
0: (laughs) You are (laughs) a daughter. I'm thinking of my daughter.
2: I am am a mom and a wife. My daughter's name is Sophia and my husband's name is Jack and he's my best friend. He's also one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. Um, Miriam tried convincing me otherwise a week ago and I could not have it. Um, it wasn't me
1: convincing you, it was the type of people you asked.
2: I'm not even gonna acknowledge that you tried to to not say that he's beautiful. That's insane. (laughs) Um, so we both worked, so I'm Colombian Dominican and Miriam and I both immigrated to to the US around the same time. So I immigrated here in 1987, she immigrated here in 2000 and we both learned English around the same time. So we both have the same lack of English and lack of English colloquialisms which you're going to hear. We 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 use most American colloquialisms wrong, incorrectly. Okay. Um so Miriam and I went to college together at Texas A&M and we got to know each other there but we didn't get really close until we started working together in car sales. Um we both sold Cadillacs and we were inseparable because we worked 6 days a week together, 10 plus hours a day. Um she actually got me my job there, but it was there that the idea of power woman came about because we were constantly confronted with the fact that we were not prepared for business. We weren't able to do business everywhere we went. And as a car salesperson, or even as a business person, that's just unacceptable. If a client says, yes, time kills deals, which means you have to close a deal there and there. You have to at least get a signature there and there, but where am I going to get a signature or how am I going to get it? If I don't have a pen on me, how am I going to carry a pen if I have no pockets? If a customer has to, you know, go, but they want to work with me and they want my information. I give them a business card, but how am I going to carry business cards if I don't have any pockets? And on top of that, whenever we went on test drives, we, uh, as a woman, you just feel unsafe. You're getting in cars with strangers every day, and we didn't have a way to carry pepper spray, for example, discreetly and a way to not offend, you know, someone that's like, "Why are you carrying pepper spray? You think I'm going to hurt you?" But you know. You just want to feel safe. And we weren't able to carry that with us. So this kind of compounded on us for quite some time. And in 2019, it kind of of came to a head and we decided to do something about it. So we made these blazers for us. We were our first customer because we really wanted to have pockets in our blazers. We really wanted to be treated as a consumer, as as a serious consumer. If a man were to ever buy, any item of clothing without pockets with the exception of maybe underwear and a t-shirt he wouldn't buy it it's just it doesn't it's not even uh they would it would be like a pant leg is missing but -hmm. for some reason women we have been taught to accept this lack of function in our clothing as if the only reason we are clothed is for modesty and to please others but in fact our clothes should be serving us. They should be functional to us and for us. So, we decided to do something about it. And in 2019, the idea came about. We sold our first blazers September 5th, 2018, a month after my daughter was born. I remember this because I was leaking hormonal, had postpartum depression, but I was so excited. We were pumped. We couldn't believe it. We had sold. We were selling blazers, and we were like. Holy moly. Like, how did this even happen? We're not designers. We're not business people and people are buying our blazers, but that's a little about me.
0: Well, I love that. So how, what was your first, how did you get the blazer on the market? How did you have help, um, with the design or like, what was that process like from the beginning? So you have this idea, you're like, I want to do this. I'm going to design them. Did you, who did the design and who helped like, sew them, put them together.
2: So, Miriam and I did the designs. We are not designers. We're not even like drawers. So, we did these like very ugly stick drawings of, and essentially what I figured. So, if you go online and you look at how to start a clothing brand, I mean, it's just full of obstacles. They're like, you need a tech pack and you need a pattern maker and all these things. You technically don't. Um, so, what I did is I wrote a uh, a fabric script and Miriam and I got together and wrote down all the things that we wanted in our blazers. And that meant a feeling, an actual thing and a purpose. So we wanted blazers that framed our bodies in a feminine way. So we wanted feminine silhouettes, feminine lines. We wanted um, materials that would stretch with us that we wouldn't feel restricted by. We wanted colors that would be, you know, full of personality that would celebrate who we are as women. Um, we wanted blazers that had pockets obviously so we put that all into the fabric script like we put in like if when you're walking we want the blazer to move with you like things like that just like overly descriptive and then we drew these hideous drawings that my husband took a look, look at and was like unacceptable he did architecture in college so he knows how to draw and so he redrew them and then that's what we sent over to the manufacturer and I can't tell you how embarrassed we were when we first sent over these drawings and the, this fabric script because we were like they're going to know we're not designers. And it turns out they don't care because we were paying money. So they made exactly what we wanted after a few edits. You know, we went back and forth with samples and with fabrics So we had, because we have to choose everything. We choose the fabrics, the size, tarts, the um, way it's sewn, the lengths, everything is our decision. Um, So we had a few back and forths because we made every sample in our sizes and that's how we started it.
0: I love it. So how, what about the funding? Because if you're young, you are selling cars, you are not in, you know, you're not coming out of like this entrepreneurial think tank where, you know, all the terms and how to raise money. How did you fund that first go of it?
1: From our, from our savings. So Mm -hmm. Kim and I, Kim's more of a saver than I am, but I do save money. But, uh, we, you know, we, we had savings and whenever this was originally Kim's idea and whenever she approached me and she said, like, I don't even think she got the sentence out before I said, yes, yeah. or before my husband said, yes, I think he they said were on. yes first. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I mean, we were like, let's do it. And thankfully, like we had enough savings that we were both able mm-hmm. to put the same amount in. It wasn't stressful. Mm-hmm. Like we both still had savings left over you know, so that we weren't stretching ourselves.
2: I think we each put in $25,000. Okay. We started off with a little less than that. And then we just put in a little bit more, but we haven't had to supplement too much because the business does bring it back to us and every, we don't pay ourselves. So everything that the business makes, we put back into it, but we started off with that. Um, I will say Miriam and I were very blessed in that the jobs that we had uh, paid really great that we were, car saleswoman. And at the car dealership we worked at, um, it was commission based only. So there was no salary. So if you didn't sell a car, you did not get paid. Luckily, Miriam and I are hustlers. And if you say no to us, we simply take that as a like, okay, what is it that's holding you back? And we find out and then we sell you a car. But um, we, I remember, and I'm I'm so glad we're on this podcast because I'm, like I was telling you before, we're very vocal about money and how much we have and how much we had and how much we want, because I don't think women talk about that enough. And so in, in honor of transparency, my first year at at the dealership, I made $120,000. And so I was able to save quite a bit of money because I made it. So I lived with, I lived uh, using less than $50,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So, um, a lot less than that. So I'm, I saved quite a bit of money and and at the dealership we worked at, they paid for our car insurance, our gas and our car. So I had, so we had a whole section of that everyday Americans have to pay that we were able to save. Mm -hmm. So while I was doing that, my husband was at in school getting his master's. And so when he graduated, we maintained that same lifestyle and made it so that he could pay off his loans. Um, and I also want to add that I did not have any student loans. Uh, my college was paid for by my parents, which meant that every cent that wasn't going towards bills was going into savings. Um, I always like to make sure I'm super clear about this because I never want a woman looking at her trajectory and saying and, and thinking to herself, if they did it, why haven't I been able to do it? And it's It could simply be because my privilege or my advantages that I had you know, are not the same as yours. Mm-hmm. So I want to be super clear about that. And then with, with that saving mentality and with the advantages that I had, we were able to save quite a bit of money in order to start Power Woman and not be completely stressed with money. Although that's inevitable. I mean, you lose an income. I mean, my husband and I are now on one income. We have a child, we have a house, so there's bills to pay. And I used to make the majority of the household income and that's not the case anymore, but for a while there, and still to this day, it does get a little bit stressful in finding creative ways to budget and save and prioritizing what we want to invest in.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that because, you know, I think so often um, people don't believe that saving is possible. Um, you know, it's it's a, it seems like an unobtainable, like a hurdle that you just can't get over, you know, and what you are saying is true. Oftentimes, like money, it doesn't make you happy, but it definitely gives you more options. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we say we like to think of, of savings as is not that it, it's not spending. It's that mm-hmm. you're saving for a future spend mm-hmm. on something that gives you more options, which that is probably a very wordy way to say it. But really That's what true. you're hoping to do is you have to like change your mentality of like, we're not spending. It's really like, yes, we're choosing not to spend this money now so that Mm -hmm. in the future, we can then go do the things that we want to do or fund those things that we want to be able to fund, whether that's our children's college, which is truly a gift. Um,
2: A privilege, which it shouldn't be, but it is.
0: Yeah. Well, and so, you know, both of y'all are, you know, have come, have moved into America as immigrants. I mean, clearly there was a lot of hurdles there learning a new language, Mm
1: -hmm. but it
0: For me, and I know just from talking to you yesterday, I mean, both of your parents had a great impact on y'all having this vision for yourself and the discipline to save. Can y'all tell us a little bit about that? Because I love hearing the stories of of both of your moms who were incredible women and who clearly did a wonderful job just instilling this value set in their daughters.
1: Yeah, so um, I I guess we moved here whenever I was... um eight or nine. I don't remember, but it was like 2000. Um, and my mom got a, my mom was going through like some personal stuff with my dad. So we moved to the U S she kind of needed a break and she came over as a teacher, but she used to be an architect in Mexico. Um, but she, you know, she just wanted to come here for a year, get a little break, provide, you know, have us learn English, provide like a better life, I guess. Um, and then we just ended up staying. Um, and my dad, ended up coming over but he never really had a job he like had he actually used to sell cars as well for a while Um, but his English was not very good so he wasn't a very good salesperson so he was just in and out of jobs a lot didn't want to work so my mom basically raised us on a teacher salary my sister and I and my mom also has like an entrepreneurial mindset so even though she was like working as a teacher, raising my sister and I, supporting my dad because he, again, didn't really work. She was still able to like save money and then like buy homes. And she actually only buys her houses in cash. Um, So all the properties that she has now, which I think is like six or five or six, she's only ever purchased in cash. And so she was able to do that. And I Remember, like growing up, and I remember being like, "Oh, mom, can I get some like Hollister pants?" And she'd be like, "No, we can't, we can't get those." And I'd be like, "Oh man, like everyone at school has Hollister pants." Oh my God, um, Hollister but, and
2: know- traumatic, <laughs> honestly, yeah. so, so traumatic. expensive.
1: <laughs> but like looking back, I'm like, okay, that's why we couldn't afford that. But like she was still able to like give me clothes, and I was still able to go to school and get a good education. I didn't have designer stuff, but you know. At, at, when you're young that like matters so much, but like now I, I mean, now I don't even care. Yeah. Um, but I'm just thankful that, you know, she was so, I guess she was like, so like hardworking and wanted to provide a better life for us that so she was able able to do that. And I know I'm talking a lot, but in fact, whenever I graduated college, my mom was like, you can only live with me for three months and then you have to move out. And I was like, hey mom i'm making thirty-two thousand dollars a year how do you want me to afford an apartment she's like i don't know figure it out wow <laughs> and i was like wow toughest year of my life but i'm very thankful for her because
2: mm-hmm.
1: that that year just taught me a lot mm-hmm. yeah Miriam,
2: did you ever shop at limited too
1: no i mean maybe like one or two stuff
2: oh my god I, I had <laughs> i had one shirt that i wore on a schedule because i was like All the other girls are wearing Limited Two, and I wanted to so bad. But like even back then, Limited Two was like outrageously expensive, and everybody at my school exclusively wore Limited Two. So I had this soccer shirt that I would wear regularly.
1: Yeah, we went to Walmart in old navy. Yeah. (laughs) Which
0: now I'm having so much fun. There's this girl um, that I love that I follow on Instagram, and she'll find like all these adorable things that are from Walmart and she'll post them on and they're so cute but there's so many like fun styles where right now is so trendy and I promise I'll wear some of those to work and nobody ever knows that it's Walmart Mm. and it just like makes me so happy that I just feel like I've beaten the system well also Walmart has
2: stepped it up so much like back then Walmart was not the place to shop for clothes unless you wanted like (laughs) the ugliest shirt ever and you had to like (laughs) merchandise it up to so you wouldn't me. get found out exactly <laughs> but now Walmart's like you know a little bit like Target and yeah. Target is straight up bougie like Target is
1: nice okay <laughs> it is <so> nice. <laughs>
2: I know so like if you had told me before that I could shop at a grocery store and I would get like fashionable items I would have I would have been really happy actually because <laughs> that would have been really great <laughs>
0: we've come a long way mm-hmm. all right so kim i imagine that you've always had a little bit of your own personal style and your mom mm-hmm. was in the it was an entrepreneur as well and had her own store
2: yeah so my mom is like my biggest inspiration she's actually right outside my door right now watching my daughter i kind of want to bring her in so she can like hear this so she'll believe Hi, me and, yeah <laughs> mama venga yeah abuelita my daughter calls my mom, my grandma. She says, my abuelita.
0: Oh. Very,
2: very possessive. Yeah. Me están preguntando sobre usted.
0: Les voy
2: a decir. Okay. So my mother is one of my biggest inspirations and I've always watched her very closely, but I never knew the impact she would have on me until I looked at my life and realized, Oh my God. I'm literally following in her footsteps. So my mother, as a single mom came back to the, so I was born in Miami, but we as a single mom, I was born in Miami. And then I came back to Columbia with her because that's where she had family. Mm-hmm. And she started several businesses um, with a child, which blows my mind in Colombia in the 90s, which the 90s in Colombia were very rough. The guerrilla was, you know, in full, full bloom. Um, So she had a boutique called Escandalo, which I love. It was, called, so it translates into scandalous. And Mm -hmm. she would fly to Miami, get inventory, fly back. And she actually used to at first, before she had the boutique, sell out of her room in my grandma's house. So she would have a bunch of women come over you know, and they would just kiki and she would sell them clothes, but it got so big in the town we were living that she had to open up her own boutique. Mm -hmm. And I remember I would see her just crunching away at the calculator and with receipts. Mm -hmm. And I was fascinated. I was like, I have to do that too. So I would gather all the receipts, all the paper, and I would do the same thing in the calculator. And I would help her try to sell at her boutique. And I remember one time (laughs) she did not like this. There was someone trying to buy a shirt. And I was like, I'm going to help my mom today. And I was like, sir, (laughs) you cannot buy this shirt. It has a hole in it. And she was like, shut up. (laughs) Like, leave right now. (laughs) Go to the back of the store. You're ruining my reputation. But I was like, I I mean, I just wanted to help. And I wanted to be like her so badly. She also had a salon. Let me close the door. (laughs) She had a salon, she had um, a restaurant, and I just found out today that before she had me and before she went to the U.S. to have me, she actually had another boutique called Nietzsche, which translates into niche oh. in Cali. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's had quite a bit of success with entrepreneurship. Um, she's very adventurous. She's very spontaneous. She's hilarious. And whenever we came to the US, it was actually with her savings that we were able to survive and not, I mean, survive is a dramatic, how we were able to pay the bills and how we were able to pay for a lawyer so that my parents could work on their green card, their visa, and eventually their citizenship. Um, My father came to this country as well. um, And he had to start all over from zero because he was actually a a surgeon in Colombia, And then when he came to the US, he had to start as a resident. Um, so I, I saw his hard work as well. And it's, I saw him just kind of completely deny people's limitations on him and my mother as well. Like they dreamt so far outside the box that I think that was ingrained in me. Like, I don't think I was raised by people who saw limitations. I think I was raised by people who saw opportunities. And so to this day, I when I approach problems, I immediately start thinking of solutions. I don't think of there's a problem. That means there's an end. I think there's a problem. That means there's an opening for a solution. And I credit that completely to them because of how how brave they were in coming to this country. I can't imagine coming to, coming to a new country, not knowing the language mm-hmm. um, with a child, not knowing anything about it. Like, I mean, I think about Sophie's school it's hard like even reading those forms now and I'm I speak English semi-perfectly and all the things that you have to do to participate in the U.S. I mean it's it's really hard especially if you don't come from it so I really admire them and my mother is like essentially my idol I'm obsessed with her
0: (laughs) I love that I'm a mom of two teenage daughters I hope they say that one day
2: They will, they will. they will. It doesn't
0: they seem will. likely at the moment, but we'll see.
2: <laughs> oh, you'll see when they turn like 20, they'll be like, mom, BFF, let's go get mimosas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so. 21,
1: Kim, 21. Oh, yeah. sorry. 21. <laughs> yes, 21.
0: 21. Okay. So, um, what I love so much about this and for all the moms that are listening out there, I mean, you know, so often we try to protect our children, um, and put them in a bubble where they're not having to feel those struggles or really push through anything that's hard, but just like listening to y'all stories and the obstacles that you've overcome, but the lessons that you've learned along the way, how you've just been refined and taught so well by parents who loved you, but were willing to dream. um, I love that they, you know, and to like see, opportunities um in everything and i think you know just listening to y'all just is inspiring me to just push that agenda even more in my own home you know because you know we just are so often in communities where it's you're almost able to protect your kids from just about everything. yeah. Um, And so we've got to teach them that and we have to teach them to dream and not to stop when they see a problem, but to like figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, I just, I love hearing y'all's story. And I, I want to have you back later because I, there's just so many other questions I have, but I do want to give y'all the opportunity real fast to tell us like what's next for Power Woman? Like what's coming up? How can we find um, your brand, what's the best way to to buy a blazer if we want to look at them? Yeah. Um, you can find us
2: on our website, www.pwrwmn.shop. That's mm-hmm. Power Woman with no vowels. Um, and then we are always on Instagram. Our Instagram is pwr underscore wmn. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very active on Instagram. we coming from car sales, like our customer service is like our top priority. So we communicate with each of our customers and we are so appreciative of them. So we'd like to honor that as much as we can. Um, we have a lot of new things coming out. We are so excited. We are addicted to making new blazers. We need to stop honestly. We don't have the money. <laughs> we need to chill <laughs> out. <laughs> but we are, entering a phase in our business where we are scaling. And so that means we're actually starting to do to look for investors. So that is something that is new to us. We don't know anything about it. We are learning about SAM, TOM, and SOM, and SAS, and I don't know, all these acronyms that I don't like. Um, but that's where we're at right now. We have some beautiful new blazers coming out, in particular, a yellow one, which Miriam and I are calling La Palenquera. And La palenquera is a woman from Colombia, typically in the coast, like in Cartagena, who mm-hmm. uh, you see in traditional clothing. And she sometimes carries a basket of fruit in, on her head, but she can carry many things. Yeah. But she's a beautiful woman. She is a, a beautiful Black Afro-Latina, which uh, I, I'm a proud Afro-Latina, so I want to highlight that as much as I can. And so we are super proud of this blazer. It has artwork from a very special artist, which we are so proud to collaborate with. And we're hoping to release this blazer soon. Um, so that's what's coming up for Power Woman.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, we're gonna follow along and can't wait to see it. And um, uh, we asked this question at the end of all of our um, Wealth Edit Wednesdays, but why did you say yes to the Wealth Edit?
2: Miriam, you oh. go first. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Uh, We've actually never been on like a money podcast before. Mm -hmm. And so this was like our first time. And like Kim said, we love talking about money. One of the things, like when we started Power Woman is we said, we always wanted to be transparent, like on our journey and talk about like all of our struggles, like how we Mm -hmm. started. So sorry, if anybody like has any questions, like, oh, how did you start? Like, how'd you form your LLC? We're never going to be like, oh, just Google it. Like, we'll always let you know, like, let you know Mm -hmm. what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's why we were just really excited to be on a like a podcast that talks about like your journey, money um mm-hmm. savings. And like you said, I feel like I I have a whole budget system, so we definitely need to do another podcast because it could be like 10 minutes of my budget system. yeah oh, budget is actually really cool.
0: I would <laughs> love that. Maybe we could do like a little uh, a short segment and pop it out. I would yeah. Love it. yeah. all right, Kim. Um,
2: I love talking about money. I I know it's like a faux pas in the U.S., but especially amongst women, I think it's absolutely necessary for us to share our salaries, for us to share our savings, for us to share our investment goals, because we don't talk nearly enough about it. Um, I do not like podcasts that are like, you go girl, just start, you can do it. Uh, I think that's misleading and I think it's unfair. It doesn't give women the tools that they actually need to do something with their dreams. So if, I, if anybody reaches out to us, I give them tangible res, like resources and, and information from my personal experience and I'm very transparent about it. So I remember one of our dear friends, um, Susie, I actually trained her in sales and when she was in training, I told her, listen, Susie. I made 120 my first year and I saved, I think I saved 50 K my first year. No, it might've been 40 K. And I said, your goal is to save more than that. And she has by far surpassed that. She's awesome. She's doing amazing things. Um, but that was the purpose is my, the top, my top should be your stepping stone to find the new top. So I share that as much as I can. And I also share ways in which Jack and I have invested. Um, I, I, I like to make sure that women have as many resources as possible and as little obstacles as possible. So when we're talking about investment and when we're talking about like venture capital, they like to approach venture capital. People like to approach businesses with all these acronyms and all these douchey words that would be so much simpler if you were just to say, how many customers do you have? How many customers would you like to have? How many customers do you think you will have in a few years? Um, that type of thing. But instead we get attacked with SAS, Tom and Sam or what, I don't even know, like a ton of acronyms. So I like to make sure that on our Instagram, we do as much um, sharing as possible, sharing of information. So I'm reading a venture book right now. I'm reading a marketing book. I just finished um, a business book by the Patagonia founder, uh, Let My People Go Surfing. And every day we share a snippet from that book that uh we enjoyed and we are actively using in our business so our instagram is not only if you like pretty blazers it's are you are you an aspiring entrepreneur are you currently an entrepreneur do you want to help us because we want to help you you know it's a sisterhood Mm -hmm. and it's not like we've learned so much and we know it all it's maybe you know something that i should know maybe i know something that you should know let's share Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why this podcast was so interesting to me, and why I was so excited to get on it because this is exactly the type of conversations that women need to be having to take control of our lives and to participate actively in the economy, not just as shoppers but as investors, as people who dictate where this country goes.
0: Well, Kim, Miriam, y'all could be a commercial for the wealth that we're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> we feel the same way over here and it is it's so true and it's also so refreshing when you find other women that feel the same way as you and are, are really pursuing the same mission and so we are so excited to know about you and have have of this friendship now I'm already in my mind thinking of two or three people I want to email you and connect you with who Thank have you. Done some outside funding that We've also had on, um, and they, you know, every, it's, it's really interesting to me that almost all women business owners that have gone through the process of seeking outside funding Mm -hmm. have said to us, like, we will help anybody who needs help because this process was really difficult. um, And it just felt like it was full of um, obstacles that were there for no reason, you know, like,
2: like uh, one of our idols, Sarah Blakely, mm-hmm. she always says she likes to do business as in a feminine way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so powerful because for me, femininity means community. It means sharing. And so, and it means not being like exclusive. And, and so when she said that, I, it kind of made us approach entrepreneurship so differently because mm-hmm. as you assume that you have to have a very masculine, very, very, you know, harsh direct, you know, hard demeanor when doing business, but you absolutely don't. You can be soft. You can be gentle. You can be kind. You can be joyful. You can be emotional and you can do business. So mm-hmm. I, I love what you said. And I love that women are willing to share everything they've learned with each other whenever they go through this very difficult process.
0: Yeah. Well, Kim and Miriam, thank you so much for giving us your time today. We're so excited to um, have y'all and um, guys to go check out Power Women. And we can't wait
2: to meet everybody. Thank All you so right. much
0: for having us. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you want to learn more about our website, please check us out at www.wealthedit.com. The Wealth Edit is an online membership based community for women looking to confidently discuss and expand their knowledge of personal finance. Our community provides a space for women of all ages to gather, learn, and plan their financial journey through virtual courses, weekly guest speakers, and educational content.